0: Hello, everybody. This is our third sermon looking at characters in the Bible, uh, particularly characters that went through a difficult time and who found that God provided for them. Today, we're looking at the character of Joshua, and we're looking at the passage Joshua 1, verses 1 to 18. One summer on night, during a severe thunderstorm, a mother was tucking her small son into bed. She was about to turn the light off when, in a trembling voice, he asked, Mummy, will you stay with me? Will you promise to be here all night, even when I'm asleep? The mother smiled, gave him a warm, reassuring hug, and said tenderly, I can't, dear. I have to sleep in Daddy's room. A long silence followed as she moved towards the door. At last, it was broken by a shaky voice saying, The big coward. We all know what it is to be afraid. Perhaps over the last 18 months we've been more fearful than at any other time in our lives. Still today, with the case numbers so high, the pandemic continues to bring anxiety to us all. But even if the pandemic has not unduly unsettled us, we know that feeling afraid is part of the human experience. Our teenagers are fearful of leaving home for the first time to go to university over the next few weeks. We have family and friends who are fearful of the medical diagnosis they are waiting for or the treatment that lies ahead of them. Still others are fearful for their jobs, fearful of how they'll provide for their families, fearful even of living now that they have been bereaved. We all know what it is to be afraid and when those times come, Just like the small son in my opening joke, we all look for the same thing. We all seek reassurance. And more often than not, we look for promises to hold on to and the presence of people who we feel are strong enough and loving enough to keep us safe. Mum, Dad, husband, wife, closest friend, will you promise to be here all night As our passage began, Joshua is about as fearful as you can imagine, for he and Israel are going through a storm of change that has left them staring into the dark unknown. Israel are camped on the eastern side of the river Jordan, with all their tents facing the other side. On the western bank lay Canaan, the long-awaited promised land, and they would have gazed longingly at it every day. Yet those gazes must have become rather forlorn. They've been holed up in their camp now for 30 days because they are in mourning. Their great, inspirational leader Moses has just died. Moses, the one who led them out of slavery, guided them through the wilderness and helped them through thick and thin, was no more. And without him, everyone felt a little more vulnerable. Yet into the great leadership vacuum had stepped Joshua. Joshua had already been set aside by Moses as his successor. So he'd had a little warning that this day was to come. But that did not mean that now it had arrived, he was not desperately anxious and afraid. In verse 9, the Lord says to Joshua, Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. A sure sign that that was exactly how Joshua was feeling and he had every reason to be. Just think what Joshua was facing. Joshua was to pick up grieving and vulnerable Israel And lead them forwards. He was to lead them across the treacherous Jordan River. He was to march them into a vast unknown land. And when he gets there, he's to lead them in battle against hostile enemy tribes. Tribes so large and violent that when Israel had scouted out the land 40 years previously, they absolutely refused to go any further. So Joshua was a new leader. And he had to go and defeat great fortified cities and warrior tribes with a ragtag, easily frightened bunch of sheep herders. So at this pivotal moment, absolutely Joshua is terrified. Absolutely he is discouraged. He knew defeat could lie just around the corner. He knew he could be absolutely humiliated. He knew bad leadership from himself, and many would die. And perhaps worst of all, he knew that if the people for one moment sensed a whiff of his fear and anxiety... They would soon be breaking ranks, rebelling and refusing to follow him. That is exactly what they'd done to Moses over and over again. The people had proved themselves unruly and unmanageable. If they did it to great Moses, they would definitely do it to him. So in this moment, all the potential of the promised land awaits. But to get the people there, Joshua was going to have to summon up a huge amount of courage. He would need to be bold, steady and resolute. He would need a fixed focus and a firm grip on the people. Where on earth was this courage going to come from? Well, at this point of very real human need and frightened emotion, the Lord himself turns up. The Lord himself has a message to give to Joshua that will supply him with every assurance he needs. Three times in these few verses, the Lord commands Joshua Be strong and courageous. And with these three commands come three great reasons for Joshua and us today to have courage when we face daunting situations. The first reason we have to draw courage when we are afraid are the promises of God. The very first thing the Lord reminds Joshua of in this extraordinary message is that the land on the west side of the Jordan that he's about to enter is to the land that the Lord has promised to give to his people. It is none other than the promised land. Three times in these verses, verse two, verse five, verse six, the Lord reiterates that the land is his, and it's therefore his to give to whoever he chooses. The Lord will give this land to the people because that is exactly what he promised to do, and he never breaks his promises. In verse 6, we read that this promise of land goes all the way back to the forefathers of Israel, even to Abraham himself. That means God has been rigidly keeping his promise for centuries. And just think what has happened during those 600 years or so. Abraham, Isaac and Jacob have fought, squabbled, made mistakes and come back again. Israel have been imprisoned as slaves in Egypt They were busted out in the exodus, only to fall incredibly short in the desert. Constant moaning and complaining, the idolatry of the golden calf, the greed and the infighting. For centuries, God has been holding on to his promise through thick and thin. Despite the continual failure and sin of his people, despite their continual rebellion and a turning of their backs, despite the continual breaking of the promises to God, God has never broken his promise to them. Despite the attacks of other nations, famine, drought, God has never let his people go, however bad the circumstances. God has stuck with Israel and kept his word. When God makes a promise, he keeps it. Of that we can be fully assured. To Joshua then, that meant that there was no way God was going to drop him in it now. He hadn't brought them this far, this close, to then allow Joshua's leadership to wreck it all. Joshua could lead courageously and confidently. To us today, it means we too can hold on and press forwards. Just think of some of the promises made to us in scripture. Jesus said he would be with us always, right to the very end of the age. Jesus promised to give us his peace and through the Holy Spirit to leave us with a guide and counselor at all times. Jesus promised us that he would come, when we came to him with our burdens, he would give us rest. Jesus promised to forgive us for our mistakes and to grant us life eternal, stretching infinitely beyond even death itself. When God makes a promise, he keeps it. God has made us these promises that we can fall back on at any time, especially when we're daunted by changing circumstances or afraid of the unknown. Have courage. God has made promises to us. The second thing that the Lord tells Joshua is that he will be with him. In fact, I will be with you forms the framework that the whole of Joshua's commission sits within. In verse 5, God says, No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. In verse 9, God says, The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The Lord really could not make it any clearer. He will support Joshua wholeheartedly, just as he did Moses. He will never abandon Joshua. He will be a constant, never-ending presence wherever Joshua goes and for whatever Joshua comes up against. This is absolutely the assurance Joshua needs when he comes up against hostility. Joshua will not beat the Canaan tribes because he has a better army or better weapons or better strategy because quite simply he hasn't. He has a bunch of cowardly shepherds in tents. Israel will gain the land for one reason and one reason only. The Lord is with them and his almighty, majestic, sovereign presence is invincible and irrevocable. Nothing can defeat him or turn him aside. And notice also that this presence of God is not some abstract, airy-fairy feeling or sensation either. This is not the presence of God in some general way, as if he is just present everywhere. This is the very personal presence of God. Throughout this passage you see the Lord being mentioned in those small block capitals. In the Old Testament, the word Lord in small block capitals is used whenever the original Hebrew had the name Yahweh written. That name to the Jews was so holy they never used it, hence the change in the Bible. But that is what's there. God guarantees his presence by giving his personal name. Just as I would sign a check, Andrew Burnham, personally guarantee I will pay the money, God personally guarantees his presence by giving his name over and over again through this passage. The Lord is Israel's personal God. He is covenanted to them. He cares for them. He thinks and acts personally for them. When you get home, just count up how many times God says, I will, I am, I promised, I swore to you. God is going to act for Israel personally his presence is guaranteed Joshua knew he could not possibly wish for any more and so too for us a few moments ago we reminded ourselves of the promise of scripture that Jesus said he would be with us right to the end of the age and so he will be he'll be with us as individuals and with us as a church community as a whole today no matter what you are facing know that God is personally present with you In fact, he lives inside believers by the presence of his Holy Spirit. What a great reason to take courage. So when Joshua was afraid, the Lord turned up to direct his attention to the promises of God and the personal presence of God. But there is one other reason for us to draw courage in this passage. In verses 10 to 18, we see that God has provided Joshua with a precious resource. The people of God. As I said a few moments ago at the beginning of the book of Joshua the 12 tribes of Israel were holed up on the eastern bank of the Jordan River knowing full well that they would soon need to travel over to the west. But by this point in the story something important had happened. Moses had allowed two and a half of the 12 tribes to settle down and take land just where they were. The Reubenites, the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh had seen the land on the east side of the Jordan, fallen in love with it and decided that they did not want to go any further. At their request, Moses had told them they could stay where they wanted, on one condition. When the rest of their people went up to find their land on the west bank, they had to go with them to offer whatever support they could Knowing this backstory explains then the details we find in verses 10 to 18. As Joshua begins to issue his marching orders, he reminds the two and a half tribes of their promise to their brothers and sisters. They are to travel with them and do what they can to help them settle as well. Now this is a difficult request. The Reubenites, Gadites and half-tribe of Manasseh are going to have to give up some of the peace and tranquility of their land to go on potentially dangerous manoeuvres But despite that, just listen again to their reply in verse 16. They answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so will we obey you. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it will be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. Those words are utterly emphatic. As part of God's people, they will go and do their duty. All Israel, together, will bear its burdens, suffer its losses, pay its prices and share its victories. These two and a half tribes will be behind Joshua and their brothers and sisters. They will be a strong buttress of support, despite the fact they have little personally to gain. In fact, they will give their lives to the cause, as we can see from the death penalty being issued for cases of rebellion. Joshua really is being surrounded here by the people of God. And as he feels that support, his fears melt away. I would like us to see that the same is true for us today. We may be the ones facing daunting days. We may be the ones who are afraid. But as God's people, we never have to go on alone. We have a church here on Isla to pray for us practically support us to weep with us and celebrate with us there is much courage to be gained from that now of course there is so much more we could analyze from joshua's life perhaps you might like to go and read the rest of his story but already we've learnt an important lesson from him when we are afraid in life we can draw strength from the promises that god has made to us Promises never to leave or forsake us, promises to give us hope and a future. We can also draw courage from the ongoing personal presence of God, in that wherever we go and whatever we face, God is there standing with us. And finally, we are to know as Christians that we always have the people of God to listen to our fears and to support us. People who will pray for and carry us until we can stand on our own two feet once more. If we draw on these resources, we really can overcome the fear and anxiety that we experience and press on in life, eventually finding the great joy that God wants for us. I'd like to leave us with one final thought. When we first meet Joshua in the Bible, his name was actually Hoshia. Hoshia in Hebrew means salvation. Yet when Moses began to sense the call on Joshua's life back in Numbers 13, he changed his name to Joshua. Joshua is slightly different from Hoshia. It means Yahweh is salvation, or the Lord saves. In changing his name, Moses taught Joshua all that he needed to know. In life, we have to trust the Lord in everything, not ourselves. When we are afraid... Courage comes from God's promises and God's presence and God's people, never just from our own inward resources. So let us all remember that for whatever we are facing today. In our anxiety and fear, let us reach out for help. Let us reach out to God. Let us call on the name of Jesus in prayer and trust in the power of the Spirit and we will find that our Father will give us all the courage that we need.